0: Thanks for connecting with our online content at Holy Trinity Church in Richmond. We really hope that what we share with you will be a blessing and will help you to continue to grow in your knowledge and love of God.
1: A good morning, everybody. I greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's wonderful to be here today, and in, even though uh, Zane's not with us, I do want to acknowledge him and to thank him for both the opportunity and the privilege of being with you this morning. I also want to acknowledge Jean and the team who have worked behind the scenes to ensure that I came to the right place at the right time. Uh, And uh, so I just want to acknowledge you folk as well. Um, I'm from an organisation called Bible Society New Zealand, and uh, this morning I'm going to share a couple of thoughts uh, from that passage of scripture that was just read to us, but I also wanted to just take a few minutes to maybe share a little bit about the mission and who we are, and uh, just for those of you who may not uh, know about the work of Bible Society. Our team at the back had been working tirelessly to try and get my PowerPoint working. So we're trusting, um, not only in the Lord, but also in the technology that is going to work for us this morning. So if I've got a nod, I'm going to try and push a little button and we'll see what happens. Actually, first of all, let me just address that screen. Um, I'm, I'm representative here this morning of the Bible Society New Zealand group, which is made up of Bible Society New Zealand, which is the mission aspect of our ministry – and it's also made up of Manor Christian stores. We joined forces in 2017. You have a Manor Christian stores here uh, in Nelson, so um, please go and use that and, uh, and visit those folk over there from time to time. Well, technology doesn't always uh, work for us, so uh, maybe I'm just going to uh, add Lib here and just share a little bit about um, who we are. Um, Bible Society New Zealand celebrated 175 years here in New Zealand last year. Uh, it's a remarkable feat, and we're so grateful for the Lord's hand upon the, 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 the ministry and the mission over those years. New Zealand's Bible Society is one of 150 around the world, and um, you know, at the core of our mission, it is to make the Bible available to everybody or accessible to everybody and to encourage interaction with it. And I'm going to speak a little bit about that Later in um, my sermon uh, we, we, we exist to be able to Work in with the churches um, uh, Make scriptures available to, to those in hospitals Prisons, uh, parachurch organisations Right throughout the, uh, the, the Wider part of New Zealand And so um, it's a wonderful Ministry to be part of and as I said To celebrate 175 years Of Bible mission Work here in Aotearoa New Zealand Alone is truly remarkable Remarkable, And so we're very grateful uh, to the Lord for his hand um, upon uh, the, the work. I think maybe... Oh, okay, we're going to try something here. We've we've, we've lost a, a, a DVD in there somewhere. Um, but that's all right. Let me just carry on eh, and um, we'll go from there. So that's just a little bit about um, us as an organisation, and I've got some pamphlets down on the back table there that you can help yourself to, and more than happy to meet and talk a little further with you about the mission after um, service today. Uh, In that passage of scripture that was read to us today from Matthew uh, chapter 4, verses 1 to 11, it's a well-known passage of scripture, and we see that in that particular uh, passage of scripture, um, there were four references to the words, it is written. Three of those Jesus used um, to combat and oppose the, the tricks and the deceit of the enemy. And the other time it was used, and right out of context, is when Satan tried to trick Jesus into doing something that uh, he wasn't meant to be doing. However, um, we noticed that um, when Jesus responded, he responded with those words, it is written. And he was doing so by both referring to and using scripture. However, he wasn't responding from the Bible as you and I might know it today. There wasn't the New Revised Standard Version or the King James Version. There wasn't a New Testament or an Old Testament. He was responding from what is um, known as the Torah or the Pentateuch, which basically means five books or five scrolls. And we know those books to be Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy. And so that's what he was responding from. And these books were actually given uh, to God's people Israel through his servant Moses Um, And I believe that Jesus' use of the scriptures at this particular time when he was being tempted is an indication of both his commitment to and his reliance upon the word of God. And it's interesting to note that out of the three temptations that Jesus faced while he was in the desert, two of them began with what I believe is an assault actually upon his personal identity. Twice the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, the devil begins to question Jesus about his own identity. He begins to sow seeds of uncertainty and hesitation, all of which are used to cast a huge shadow of doubt upon that of his true identity as the one and only Son of God. The devil knew that Jesus would be somewhat vulnerable after having not eaten for 40 days and 40 nights. And so it's at this particular moment in time that he seeks to unleash uh, his attack in order to cause him to falter and fall. And I want to remind us here this morning, all of us, um, whether we're seasoned in the faith or we're just beginning, um, that we need to be prepared for Satan's tactics, uh, that he will come against us. And uh, I believe that he will seek to do the exact same thing with us as he did with Jesus. Part of his strategy, actually, is to attack our identity. And in doing so, to cause us to actually doubt and question the validity of who we are as legitimate sons and daughters of God. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, we're told to discipline ourselves and to keep alert. Like a roaring lion, your adversary, the devil, prowls around looking for someone to devour. So in the same way that a lion in the natural or in the wild will carefully and methodically stalk its prey looking and waiting for the right moment and opportune time to strike, the devil will also seek to do the same with us. He will look for those times when we ourselves might be vulnerable, tired, stressed out, under pressure or alone. And in those moments, then he will uh, launch his attack and in doing so will attempt to tempt us, just as he did with Jesus. Therefore, not only do we need to be mindful of such um, tactics, But perhaps more importantly, we need to know how it is that we're going to respond when we ourselves are in similar situations. Jesus' refusal uh, to comply with Satan's request was both a biblical response as well as a response that was based upon him having to make a choice. A choice as to whether or not he would give in to the temptation or stand against it. And every single one of us here today if not already, we'll probably find ourselves in similar situations. As we know from the reading this morning, Jesus did stand firm. He knew that complete obedience and submission to the will of the Father and to God's word was far more important than that of trying to satisfy his own fleshly desires or prove himself to the devil. And just like Jesus, there may be times in our own, own lives when we too may face moments of great trials and temptations. And we will also have to make a stand in terms of how we will respond. It may appear initially as only something trivial or small, or even harmless, but if doing so would mean that we would disobey or dishonour the Lord, then we would need to look at that and refrain from doing it. Jesus reminds us this morning that when we resist the temptations of Satan, we're choosing to obey, honour, and depend upon God and his word to meet our every need and not to try and do that ourselves. Jesus' encounter with Satan also reminds us that we're in a battle. In Ephesians chapter 6, we're told our struggle was not against blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And so if you're a Christian this morning, if you're a follower of God, then all of us can expect at some time to... Um, be under some kind of spiritual attack or temptation. Uh, These things will come our way just as Jesus himself experienced. We need to be aware that Satan will use anything he can in order to cause us to stumble and fall. Whether that be a past or present temptation, something that we might be struggling with right now, he will pull out all stops in order to discourage, dishearten and derail us from our faith. However, we don't have to be afraid or alarmed about that all because God has provided everything, not some things, but everything that we need as a result of all that Jesus accomplished through his life, death on the cross, and resurrection. We also have his word, the Bible, to help us, to guide us, and, of course, the Holy Spirit who resides within each of us. And because of that, then we're able to take our place, to make our stand, and be victorious When faced with various temptations, I'm sure most of you here this morning will already know that the Bible is, in fact, a great weapon to use uh, in those times of temptation, and particularly the tricks that Satan will, will bring against us. We're reminded again this morning in Ephesians 6 that we're to put on the full armor of God, and in verse 17, to take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, the Bible. The Bible is what we as Christians have been given to use as an offensive weapon during times of spiritual warfare and temptations that each of us might face or experience from time to time. As American Bible teacher, uh, Dr. David Jeremiah states, our best hope for resisting Satan is to respond as Jesus did and anchor our thoughts in Scripture. And it's important to note this morning that when Jesus responded to Satan's attacks, he consistently used the same weapon every time, which was the Scriptures. He knew that the Word of God was what was needed to both silence the voice and intentions of the enemy, as well as to advocate and declare the truth of God's promise. And he did exactly that time and time again when he declared, It is written. Folks, I want to let you, I want to remind you this morning that the secret to overcoming the different temptations or uh, various hard times that we go through is through the word of God. Jesus knew it, he used it in doing so was able to silence and defeat the voice of deception. And you and I, through the use of his word, will be able to do exactly the same thing. However, the only way that you and I will be able to to answer in a similar way as Jesus did when he said, it is written, is by knowing what it is that is written. And the only way that we can know what it is that is written is by spending time reading, studying, reflecting, and meditating upon God's word, the Bible. There is no other shortcut. There is no other way. and um, We're encouraged to, to read God's word. Unfortunately, though, and I don't know if our screens are going to work. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, though, um, some of the research that, that we did doesn't um, actually uh, indicate that we're doing that or that we're doing it, doing it very well. We did this research, and um, we found that 22% of those who owned a Bible and read it only read it on a daily basis. So that's sort of like maybe these guys over here. You're, you're in good standing this morning. This percentage over here. Um, and then there was 15% who only read it weekly, uh, some only on a monthly basis. 7%, 31% really read it, and there were 12% of those who said that they were Christians and had a Bible that don't read it whatsoever. So coming from the Bible Society, I guess we had some concerns about that and um, we would like to see those percentages increase somewhat. And as we carried on and sort of looked further at the research, we found that there were some main um, barriers with regards to why people weren't doing that. And some of them were that I get distracted by other things. Put your hand up if you get distracted from time to time. I see, I said, oh, okay, there's a lot of us here this morning. Um, The Bible's not a priority for me as was reflected in that 12%. I lack discipline. And one of the main ones was I'm just too busy. You know, folks, I think it's fair to say that many of us today have become far too busy and distracted. There's so much going on and there's so many other, uh, in our lives as well, so many other voices and different things competing for both our time and our attention, that in the midst of normal day-to-day living, we're unable to find any moments in which we can be still, quiet or alone. Not only with ourselves, but also with the Lord. It's almost as though um, we've become so busy doing the work of the Lord that we've forgotten the Lord of the work. And being busy is, by some, seen today as almost like a badge of honour. We're always doing this or that, helping out here or there, running around trying to get this done or get that undone. And the cost of the busyness is often... Our time with the Lord, both in His presence and in His words, in His Word, and so I want to remind us this morning of both the importance and the value that the Bible should have and hold in the life of us as believers. Some time ago in Auckland, I went to visit a second-hand store, and I was having a look through there, and they've, uh, you know, most second-hand stores have got big bookshelves, and I thought I'll go and have a look in there and see what's on there. And I went in there and I could see the non-fiction and the fiction and, and I could see the cooking and I could see health over here and I thought, well, oh, I wonder if there's any Bibles or anything around here and I couldn't see anything. And Then in front of me was this sign that said family well-being. And When I had a look in there, it was all these sort of self-help books, 13 steps to get yourself in a better position than you were yesterday or um, three steps to in con- contact with the, the, the deeper inner you. I'm not too sure what that is, um, but it was those sort of self-help books And I thought, well, where's the Bible? And so I had a little look around, and then I saw it. I saw a Bible, and it was right down on the bottom of the bookshelf, tucked into the corner with a couple of New Testaments, under the title of Helpful Hints. (laughs) I thought, the Bible's now been reduced to Helpful Hints. And so I sort of looked at that, and then I looked at the the family well-being, and I looked at it again. I looked over there and when the lady who was looking after the shop was busy with someone, I got down here and I picked them all up and I put them where it's their family well-being, all those self-help ones, I put them down the bottom. Um, I need to confess that this morning. But um, I had good intentions about it. Uh, so I guess there is no other book for us as Christians that we should be more important to us than the Bible. And it's through these pages that not only do we... Um, equip ourselves for the challenges and the temptations that might come our way, but it's also where we can discover and draw nearer to the one who loves us and has called us his own. One of the reasons that I I really like to read the Bible is that it is full of true life stories about ordinary people like you and I, people who didn't have it together, people who were living our own lives, doing our own thing, and then somewhere along the way, the Lord's got hold of us. He's intervened, he's touched our lives, and he's made a difference. And as a result of that, we've come to know the reality of a living and a loving God. And that's why we're here this morning, because that's who we serve. That's who we acknowledge as the one who's made a significant difference in our lives. This morning, I wanted to share a little video with you, a two-minute video, about a man named Mark who was a, a soldier, um, New Zealand soldier, and he was in a, involved in the Afghanistan peacekeeping uh, process a couple of years ago. But the video's not going to work for us this morning, or I don't think it is. That is a picture of Mark up there, um, but no, it's not going to work. Oh, that is. That's me.
2: This is us doing our drills with the, with the vehicle. That was our boss. There's me in the background. There's my driver. Whenever I think about um, some of my colleagues who died in Afghanistan, I get quite emotional. Um... Because I realise that only through the grace of God, all good luck, um, that I came home. Um, When you're driving out on the road every day from the headquarters not knowing what could happen to you, um, and really you're in the hands of God when you go outside the gate. My driver didn't know this, and he doesn't know this to this day, is that um, I'd say we prayed before we went out the gate. And we came back. Every time we got back safely, every time we went out, um, it was... Pretty much incident free. Before I left at uh, Palmerston North, where I was living at the time, one of the ladies at the Salvation Army up there came up to me and said to me that I've got a, uh, a scripture verse for you or a chapter for you that um, God has laid on her heart to pass on to me, and it was Psalm 91. And I would pick this up pretty much every day and read Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. There was also another person who came and saw me and gave me another scripture. It was Psalm 121, which says, Lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? Both of those meant a lot to me while I was in Afghanistan because, um, yeah, it talks about God's protection. Um, Those two uh, psalms in particular, I've probably read more than I've read any other part of the Bible. Yeah. And as a Christian, I should be reading this. More often, but more often than not, it's just a thing.
1: Mark reminds us this morning of the promises of God, of God's word, promises that he was able to read, remember, and put his trust in when he was in the battlefield. In a time of great uncertainty where uh, he may have been exposed to unseen threats and other various dangers, Mark chose to put his trust in God's promises of protection, promises which in turn encouraged and enabled him to fulfill his peacekeeping role within that particular country. And just like Mark, I believe that you and I can also find confidence in the unfailing truth of the Bible for our own situations, as well as the daily battles and temptations that we might face if we're prepared to read his word, just as Mark encouraged us this morning. When we spend time in the scriptures, it's an opportunity where we get to hear Jesus, the living word, speak to us through his written word, the Bible. And so as we bring our time to a close this morning or my time of sharing with you today, I want to encourage you, whether you're a long-term reader of the Bible or perhaps just starting out, you might even be one of those ones who don't even believe uh, or think that you need to actually spend time reading or studying the Bible. Um, Jesus' response in the time that he was tempted would argue the case. But wherever you're at this morning, I want to encourage you and challenge you to turn your heart and turn your hand and afresh today and to pick up this book, to pick up this um, taunga, as we would call it, this treasure. And I want to encourage you to begin making it a part of your, your everyday activities, to study, to read, and as you do, not only will it reveal God's great love for you, but I believe it will both impact and transform your life completely as well as enable you to be able to make the stands that you need to make on a daily basis. The Lord's continued blessings upon each and every one of you this morning, in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: If you'd like to connect with more of our online content at Holy Trinity in Richmond, you can do that by going to our YouTube page simply by searching for Richmond Anglican Aotearoa. You can also touch base with us online at our website or on Facebook by searching with those same words. Friends, we're so thankful that you've joined us online and that you're enjoying our content. We really do hope and pray that God is blessing you through it. If you've got any feedback, you can touch base with me, Zane at richmondparish.nz. Thanks so much for listening.